Hey, Tara. Hey, Johnny. Here we start. We're starting giggling. That's a good sign, isn't it? Oh, I love that. That makes me happy. What's going on with you? Well, I decided because I have been so spiritual lately. I am not only doing yoga, I am doing Deepak Chopra's 21 day challenge, which has been actually kind of fun. You do like a writing thing in the morning and then you do a meditation. And, uh, oh, I've only done his ones where they do the meditation. Oh, uh, this is great. I could send it to you. You do, it's, it's called 21 Days of Friends. And you, um, it, it's different every day. Today I had to draw, I had to do a drawing of what abundance looked like to me. And I drew myself on the top of a hill throwing cash away up in the air. It was really fun. Uh, <laughs> but I think I'm going to start my own relationship. What do you think? <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. Uh, okay. What kind of religion is it? It's just going to be, you're just going to, I mean, are you putting uh, lots of stretching and like edibles and water. okay, that's a fucking yoga class. No, <laughs> no, I'm not. Trying. Lots of stretching. I'm so not gonna go with you. Uh, hey, uh, how's wink? How's your wink? How's your wink doing? Well, wink is my one-eyed English bulldog. Thank you for asking. And he had surgery this week, and he's on lots of pain meds. Oh. And um, yeah, Johnny, they so were not my audience in the, the vet because they handed me the medication and they're like, this is his pain medication. And I said, and is uh, is it available for human consumption too? Dead silence. <laughs> and they all just stared at me and I'm like, all right. Um, oh, you wouldn't be yeah. the first pet owner to crack into the dog downers. <laughs> and I'm not, and I'm, I'm, I still might do it. You know, I, I really... Oh, Depending man. on how this podcast goes. No, so he's doing great. He's actually Good. doing great. And um, <laughs> But watching him walk the first night with trying to figure out how to walk on a little cask was truly one of the greatest things I've ever seen. Oh, is his little paw in a cask? It's kind of a cask thing, and he could oh. not figure it out. It was like, oh. it was just. And he walks into walls anyway because he's only got one eye. So oh, wait. <laughs> oh, stop it. The dog is so spoiled and happy. And speaking of which, being spoiled yeah. and happy, um, mm-hmm. the last few weeks you have spoiled me and made me happy. And yet this week, there yeah. was no, no. delivery. Yeah. No. None. Some, is that because some... you're so spiritual now? Um, no. I just um, haven't baked this week. But I think I'm about to bake today, so... So what are you saying? Um, should I be should I be excited? Or I mean, are you good? do you do you want baked goods delivered every week? No, no. I didn't, I didn't realize I'd signed up for some kind of baking commitment. <laughs> well, it's not a baking commitment, but I do think that if you're driving around and you have baked goods in your car and you have okay. to be within 15, 20 miles of my house. Okay. Then gotcha. I do. I think it's important you stop by and just say okay. hi. You don't have to bring me anything. Okay. 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 Yep. Are we good? Deal. I we're good. Okay. Um, <laughs> our guest. Speaking of good. Yes. Speaking of good. Um, we are about to be wildly entertained <laughs> because she is one of the funniest people I know. She's also super, super smart. And um, 
I have done two TV shows with her. Isn't that funny? Not one, but two. Wow. Uh, she, yeah. Uh, her name is Lisa Ann Walter, and she is an actress and a comedian and a producer and a writer. And her first show, which was on ABC, was called Life's Work. And I was on that show. And then the show that I did with Carrie Preston, Lisa was also on Emerald. So we Wow. Have, yes. But um, you know her from movies like Bruce Almighty and... Parent and, Trap uh, is the one she's Parent Trap in. is... Yeah. Wasn't she amazing in that? And I'm a huge fan of the the original Parent Trap. She was. So. And, and that was like Lindsay Lohan's first movie, too. So yeah. I want to talk to her about that. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to, to virtually meet her. You are going to absolutely adore her. And she'll... Can't wait. And, and we, can, we can talk politics and all that kind of fun stuff. So why Ooh. don't we take a break and then when we come back, we're going to have fun with Lee San Walter. Perfect. See you on the Bye. other side. Bye. Bye. Okay, we are back, and joining us is, as promised, the fabulous Lisa Ann Walter. Yay. We don't have to but Yay. Yay. <laughs> That's sad. Thank you. That made it sound like so many people. I know. <laughs> it's a hand trick. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, I was saying was, uh, I was saying earlier when I was introducing you that we've done two shows together. Do you realize that? Was it only oh my God. two? Why does it feel like so much more? Well, we did the episode of Doubt, but we weren't on that together. You. That's were. correct. That's yeah, correct. That's- we were, and I didn't know that you were on it until you like popped your quaffed head. It was extremely quaffed. It was a your your hair was hard. And you popped My hair was it hard into, and high. Yeah, it was hard and high. It was by Dairy Queen. And you popped it into my trailer. And I was like, wait, what? Why are you? Yeah. And you're like, bitch, I'm the receptionist. And I was like, this I have to see. And I actually came in and watched you do your scene. And as always, Tara was brilliant. So, Tara, you don't know this part, maybe. Although, have I told you this? So, Tara, Tara was on my ABC sitcom. The name I can never remember. What was it called? Life's work. It was Thank called you. Life's, life's work. work. It's because you know why? Because you can't say it. If you can't say life's, life's work. work, how do you? You can't get your lips around that. So the show did very well. <laughs> <laughs> but enough about the network execs. So the show <laughs> did very well. This is pre-me-too. The show did very well. Um, it was like top 10, top 15, followed Roseanne. It did enormously well. And Tara played like the assistant to the daycare person. But everything she did, just her take, was so brilliant. Just the dry turn was so uh. genius. I couldn't keep a straight face anytime I was on set with her. So I, I said, you got to bring her back. Every time she came on, they were mad because we were like bad kids in school. And we just <laughs> giggled. And then when I went to the, another show after that to do a, a show for Linda Bloodworth Thompson, Harry Thompson, um, I was on from the beginning because she liked my writing from Life's Work. She was like, I'm a fan of your writing. I'm like, you got me. What do you want me to do? I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll sacrifice babies. Thank you. <laughs> and And so she started talking about 
some characters and stuff, and I said, you know who you have to see? You have to see Tara Carsian. She's the master of the dry take. You will die laughing. Everything she does is funny. So you're welcome. Wow. Tara has the best deadpan in the business. Best. Don't tell me Arthur that. Um, well, well she's dead. <laughs> she's dead. you've got her. You've got her roles now. Um, <laughs> Lisa, um, how, how does a nice Catholic girl become a a a, a comedic broad? <laughs> oh, that's a that's a very short jump. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a I'm a Catholic schoolboy too, and I'm a, I'm a big old queen. So there you go. Oh, we had plenty, plenty. Yeah. What we used we used to call that the seminary when I was at Catholic U. <laughs> 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 I, all the guys that were in the master's program with like Marsha Gay Harden was there when like oh, in please. the upper grades when I was a baby coming in, and uh, and she all of the people that were in her grade that were just like the true over-the-top queens lived in the seminary with the priests. That's where all the gay guys live. But you know what? Bless their hearts. In those days, how many options did you have? So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they were all great guys. Uh, yeah, it was, it was either the seminary or the train station bathroom. Um, anyway. Right. Oh, exactly. okay. Uh, too off-color? No, um, never. <laughs> we had a good time. Never. We had a good time at Catholic. I was. I, it was a pretty auspicious year. In fact, I have a picture. I should send it to you. And we did. You know, we were very Tony at Catholic University. People like Catholic school. I, I was offered a full ride to the state university because we were very politically active, and my DC family was crazy active Democrats. And I was offered like everything: books and room and board, the whole thing. Nope. I go to Catholic and have to work full time and put myself through school because of the drama department. And in my class was John Slattery, who's pretty big name now. Um, John Carroll Lynch, who has been in everything in the world, but people know him from like um, Norm Gunnarsson and Fargo and Twisty the Clown. And he's in everything. And you're like, oh, my God, that guy. Did you know John killed me on American Horror Story? I did know that. You both told yeah. me that separately, and his mm-hmm. sister is my best friend. In fact, I just talked to her and, yesterday. And a fabulous writer in her own right and comedian. Yes, she is. And her and her wonderful husband, Phil. Okay. Yes. And and the uh, other person in this picture of us in this very Tony, I think, uh, Two Gentlemen of Verona, that's what we were doing. And uh, I'm in this picture with John and John and Mitch Landrew, who went on to become the mayor of New Orleans. So that's, that's the caliber of people that were at my school. And might I add, a young lady who came to speak to the drama department, also known as Tara's mom, who, I mean, I was a huge fan my whole life. Well, I, I, was, I was saying that Father Hartke was, I mean, he was, it was like he came to dinner once at our house, and it was like the Pope was coming. I mean, that's the man how we treated was, him. Yeah, I mean, he was so beloved. I mean, uh, I think that's why people loved the drama department so much was because of him. And they were bringing, they were putting out some pretty amazing actors. Um, but I, yeah, I, so I, I have great. Uh, all three of us grew up Catholic. I have, I actually have mm-hmm. great memories of Catholic school. You know, it was the only place the bullies didn't fuck with me because the nuns would beat the shit out of them. Um, so I felt safe. 
you know. Uh, the nuns <laughs> would really get, like, beat oh. up kids? Well, they would throw shit at them, like an eraser or a chalk. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Where, did you, know, you, where I, did you grow up? Me? Port Chester, New York. Oh, yeah. Don't, I, I did stand up there. Oh, you did not. At the Capitol? <laughs> I can't remember the name of the place, but I know I worked Port Chester a lot. Like, there was some wow. bar that I worked. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's my okay, hometown, so- girl. You go, you leave, uh, you leave Catholic U and you go straight to New York, correct? Yes, I got, well, I took one year off. I was doing theater in D.C. So I was doing, you know, they had some pretty decent theaters there, new playwrights. They and, still do. Yeah, yeah, and Arena Stage, which I Arena, did. yeah. I, uh, that's where I met, who was, became my husband, um, was doing their summer program. They're like, big training program, and then I went into a production of Streetcar Named Desire from there, and I was Stella and he was Stanley. And then we just stayed together, and we moved up to Cape Cod, earned for about eight, nine months, earned enough money, to saved up enough to move to New York, and I was there for 11 years, and I immediately got pregnant when I moved to New York. So I was, you know, that's Catholic girl, I'm like, well, I'm having the baby, and then I figured, I don't know, I think right after that, I was just like, well, I had a baby, so what, what can I do? A human being walked out of my body. I can, <laughs> I can pretty much do anything now. And right. so then I started doing stand-up like six months later. And in those days, you know, it's funny because now you can't swing a dead cat. Every, every slut and every I, – I can't say that, right? I'm not allowed to say slut anymore. That's one of the words that's on the list. Not, Not on this show. Go on. <laughs> All right, look. I'm just saying that, like, if every sorority has got the one kind of trash mouth girl that's yeah. like, I'm going to do stand-up, and then she does 20 minutes on blowjobs. And it's like, girl, we all can do them. It's not groundbreaking material. Having said that, my closer of giving a blowjob to a hairy guy is probably what got me the ticket to L.A. <laughs> that's oh, probably... No. That was because there was no Amy Schumer. I was the girl right. that was cute and also worked blue. That was me. So I don't get a card, a letter, a thank you from any of these bitches, by the way. Yeah, um, no. But in, I don't know if I would make it now. But in those days, it was me, Kathy Griffin, Margaret Cho. Um, there was, you know, Janine Garofalo. There was maybe t- there was 12 of This is the joke. There were 12 of us and three of us were Judy Gold. <laughs> Judy's, Judy's a tall girl. That's funny. Um, um, was it hard? I mean, especially because there weren't that many female comedians. Was it? Oh God. Was it, oh yeah. I mean, hard. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was. It was hard in all the ways that breaking ground is. You know, you see the movie Hidden Figures or any of those movies where women triumph, and you know, they're. It's like. It's kind of like that, except with dick jokes and a guy who's trying to pay you and you're in a cloakroom and he's either trying to give you blow and get blown or he's like, one time it happened to me in Port Chester. I was in that club. I, my hand to God on my children. I was in that club. I just needed to get my money and get home to Jersey, which, you know, coming from that exit on Long Island yeah. all the way home to Jersey is three hours. Yeah. Yeah, right, because yeah. you got to go all the way through or around. 
right. and I, 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 I had the money was there one minute, and the next minute he had one hand down my shirt, the other one up my dress. I don't know where the money went, and wow. <laughs> and and that's what it was like all the time. Guys wanted to, the club owners and the comics wanted to sleep with you. And they wanted you to go with them. If you were a good-looking girl, they'd want you to go on the road with them or whatever. And then if you did sleep with them, then they, you know, talked about you and you were, you know, a pass-around girl. And if you didn't, then, you know, they didn't want to work with you because you wouldn't sleep with them. But at least I was married. I had that defense. Yeah. Okay. Would they they even care, though, right? That's the point. No, they're comics. Yeah, they don't give a fuck. Yeah. No! (laughs) No, they do not. <laughs> no, okay, but, but it was you're... it was hard getting the work too, because I would have people flat out tell me at like, uh, you know, Rascals in New Jersey in West Orange, which I used to fill, because I was a, a neighbor. That's where we lived, so we'd pack the joint with people that were there to see me, you know. And I'd go on, I'd, you know, do go and do my set, and my ex Sam, who was my manager would go to the owners and be like, you need to headliner. And they'd be like, nah, we don't headline women. And people would have no shame about saying that flat out. We don't headline wow. women. Well, I, I want to take a little break. And when we come back, segue into how you got from there to being in all these movies and television shows and writing and all the things you do. You're just, you're incredible. You, you do everything. And uh, I want to touch on that. Okay. So, We'll take a little break and come back and have some more laughs. All righty. Let's do it. And we're back with the hilarious Lisa. Um, hi. Hi. Oh, my God. You bring me back some memories of Portchester. I think that bar was called, ironically, Little Dicks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I hope it is. I, I can't remember, but... <laughs> There was a bar down the street from my home in, where I lived in Portchester called Little Dicks. Um, so, so you do this comedy thing. And is that how you ended up writing your own series? Is that you writing your own series was kind of your entryway into the business? Yeah, as a- yeah. So that's yeah. In those days, like you know, it was just at that right moment. I mean, listen, I, I'm not going to say it was it was a complete. Uh, shock, oh my God, I, they plucked out of anonymity. I happened to grow an act. You know, when I was doing stand-up in New York, a lot of people had the same material. You know, Sarah Silverman was just starting out. She was a baby comic at 2 a.m. doing very out-there jokes and, you know, just finding a voice. She didn't really have a voice or a point of view yet. I was very clear about what I was doing, very clear. I knew that what I was going to talk about was a very strong point of view of the women of my generation who were expected to have it all. My closing bit was all about, you know, guys think that women are bitches because of our period. We're bitches all the time, and this is why. <laughs> You've got to raise a family, find a cure for cancer, have a flat stomach. We can't do it all. And so that was the point of view, this we can't do it all, and men – were suffering from it, too, because they were in marriages and relationships with women that were inundated with this 80s and 90s, you have to be a superwoman and, you know, power suit and, you know, mommy, and everybody's lives were failing, right? Right. On TV, everybody looked like they, people, women would come in with a briefcase and be like, oh, work was it, and you're like, what's this bitch do again? I have no idea. I never see her at work. I see her in the 
it's supposedly the two hours in between when she gets home and when the kids go to bed. That's right. the whole show. So right. I loved Roseanne, but I said, what about, you know, this, the same thing, but a woman who has a career that she actually wants to do and cares about. And when I was growing this act all over the country, because I was opening for a guy who was a big soap opera star. So we had this big female you know, they wanted to go yeah. see the stud, but the studs would drag their men. And so I developed an act that spoke to their experience, right? Their, right. Th their relationships with each other and sex and trying to have a relationship when you have kids running around. And the, the references were really smart. You know, I, well, if I do say so myself. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, I was just, it was, it was a little bit more than what people have been used to. So by the time people in Hollywood saw it, which was a very clear night and day thing. I was doing a, a couple of showcases, and I had this one showcase that was all women, and somebody from a studio out here was like, we want to do a deal. And wow. I was already on the road doing another gig. That I was actually on that gig, was asked to open for the band, the band, the band that sings The yeah. Wish. And um, just because they saw my stand-up and they liked it, so I hung out with them. And I was out with them when, when Sam, my ex-husband, was calling me. And then it turns out, you know, they wanted to do this show. And, and that's how it happened. It was just like, we want to develop this show for you. What do you want to do? And then the fight becomes, they buy you, and then they want to do something completely different and change you. Right. And and they're like, right. what if you have what if you have like a nanny that lives with you and he's like a hot guy and you just <laughs> stare at them like, you know, America gets on a bus and brings their kids to daycare. Right. <laughs> you, you know, America doesn't have nannies. I, I know because I've just been to America. You should go. <laughs> it's that thing you fly over. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Crazy so then, down. then you get a reputation for being a bitch because you speak your mind. So that's all the fun that happens. But anyway, I, I, you know, did TV shows, and then because the shows were with Disney, then you know other stuff happens, and you get to do a movie with Whoopi Goldberg, and then you get to do, you know, I auditioned. It was not like I waltzed into it. I auditioned for, for the movie with Whoopi, and I auditioned for The Parent Trap, and. Everything that I, I auditioned, I beat, I worked hard to get the movie Shall We Dance. I mean, I really campaigned for that one. How many, how much, did, did you train for Shall We Dance? Oh, hell yeah. Oh, oh yeah. But I, I'm talking I, about before you, before you got the film, had you ever done ballroom dancing? Okay, so here's my story. So you know how people that are on Dancing with the Stars now, like, you know, can, celebrities are like, yeah. well, I'm really a dancer, but it's like Christy Yamaguchi, and it's like, Bitch. Right. You not only dance, you dance on, like, blades of metal. Like, <laughs> just my ass, you don't dance. So when I was little, I was a fat kid. And a fat kid back then was, like, the one who was 15 pounds more than the other kids. Right. But I was right. teased my whole life for being the fat kid. And, in fact, we went to the local ballet school, and this Russian bitch took one look at me and my skinny sister, never as fat her whole life. And goes, she can dance. The fat one cannot dance. Oh, my God. <laughs> I went, are you, what? Like, really? Oh, my God. Uh, I thought, think about that now. Like, no, tell the fat one she can't exercise. Right? <laughs> so, oh. so I had to 
to take ballet lessons since, I mean, piano lessons. My sister got ballet. My sister didn't care about ballet. I'm the person who, like, on purpose went to the Kennedy Center and waited outside of Giselle so I could French kiss Mikhail Baryshnikov. Like, that was me. I was a ballet nut. So when I was growing up, of course, I got thinner and I was like a total... Even then, I was such a hag. I, all of my friends were like dancers in the school. Everybody was gay. We used to go to the clubs downtown in D.C. I was a disco dancer from the time I was 13. I was competing. All my gay friends would dance with me and the Latino guys who I knew how to salsa. And I started teaching at Arthur Murray. Oh, and, my God. Yeah, and in those days when you taught at Arthur Murray, you had to go to dance comps, even now still. The way they make money is you take your students – to competitions and then bits and stuff like that. Right. Right. So I, my mother wouldn't let me because they were like 40 year old men in the seventies trying to get laid. Right. And my mother was like, yeah, no, you're not going. So I couldn't teach anymore, but I always danced. I danced in shows and I, and I danced for fun, but I never took professional dance lessons. Not ever. So by the time I got to Shall We Dance, I had ballroom dance as a teacher. I had never been a student. But everybody, all the Italian guys in my family knew how to partner dance. Like my uncles and my grandfather taught me how to waltz and foxtrot and do the tarantella and the tango. So when they had the dance audition, which came after the, you know, I had to do the readings first. was with Richard Hicks, who was somebody that went to Catholic, so he knew me. And I did a direct plea to camera uh, to get the part. I was like, (laughs) there's nothing I love better than dancing. I love dancing. I love it better more than anything in the world, except for eating. I love eating more. My ass is bigger than J-Lo's. I want this part. Like, it was was unseemly, you guys. It was really... (laughs) I sort of begged. I sort of begged. So then they're like, okay, we want to see her. We want to see her for a dance audition. And I told my manager at the time, tell them you can't find me. And he was like, what? They want to see you Friday. I'm like, nope, you can't find me. You'll find me Monday. And he was like, what if, you, what if they, it's too late? And I went, then it's too late. You will tell them Monday. On Monday you'll say, oh, I found her, and then I'll go in. Yeah. He's like, okay. And then I spent three days with a dance teacher that I knew locally through some of my friends who taught me a quick step, basic pass, got me up on rumba, got me up on cha-cha technique, blah, blah, blah. I spent three days studying like 12 hours a day. So smart. So so when it came time for the dance audition, when they had me do a quick step pass, it was, I didn't know this, the guy had taught me basic quick step routine. It was the same one. I already knew it. Right. So, oh I do, so I do this incredibly difficult dance that people take years to learn with a huge, like, shit-eating grin on my face, totally oh smiling. And the story is that they told me after I got the part, and I'm standing there shaking head to foot because I'm, I'm dancing with Richard Gere, and the first oh time I no. meet him, within 10 seconds, I'm crushed up against him from groin to tit. I'm crushed up against Officer in a Gigolo, and and they're and they're like this is the guy I've like basically had like sex fantasy dreams about for my entire high school years, and I'm shaking and he goes relax you got the part and I'm like I'm meeting 
officer in a gigolo with an ass the size of Tokyo because they made me put on weight already. And they told me that the reason that I got it was Harvey Weinstein looked at all the tapes and I was the one who looked like I loved it. Oh, wow. Well, he would know. <laughs> he yeah. would know. Um, yeah, who knows? He actually paid attention, though, to women enjoying yeah, right. themselves. But I guess I looked like I was happy. Oh, that's um, wonderful. That's really a kind of great story. Um, okay, yeah. So you, you, and then you do you do the, the film that everybody fell in love with you, The Parent Trap. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. And I was saying to Johnny, I, you know, I was – I really did. I rolled my eyes because I love the original so much. And so I rolled yeah. my eyes. I could not have loved the remake more. And you were, God, I loved you in that. You were Thank just you. so charming. Thank you, you really were. And that bitch Elaine Hendricks. <laughs> not, <laughs> She's my best friend in the whole world. I love I that relationship. You guys have the best. Like your best Hollywood friendship. I've we are seen. we are like a Hollywood romance, except yeah, we don't sleep no together. Sense. Everything we actually do sleep together in the same bed. Even right. if I try to put her in like another bedroom, she's like, "No, I want to sleep with you." Oh, and I'm like, I, "I don't spoon. You're a spooner. I do not." <laughs> but um, she's very funny because she's a she's very sweet. I mean, she's not the mushy kind of person. Like I cry at everything, and she doesn't. But she always is funny about, like, I'm always cast as the mean person, and I, I'll tell her it's your eyebrows. It's really, you're just drawn <laughs> that way. You can, you're really you're not a mean person. Way. but she, Yeah, she is. Her eyebrows make her look like just the evilest bitch ever. But she's, <laughs> she's, just, actually, she's actually an incredibly wonderful person, and you guys, I love you, your total best friend relationship goals. Um, oh, thank you. I, yeah, I agree. I, we're we're putting um, something together, a little uh, a little project together that we want to do. I can't talk about it yet; it's a little surprise, but we hope to be able to do it uh, soon, and even the, during so, these times. And by the time this uh, this episode drops, you will have dropped a trailer for uh, for uh, a little. Is it a film short you did with uh, Leah Thompson? She so Leah directed it. It it's actually a. A comedy short. I don't want to call it a pilot because it's just the trailer that I'm dropping. There is a pilot for a potential series, but it's really a, a show about what I always do is I voice whatever it is. I feel like all the women of my generation are going through and make it funny, even if it's painful. So this right. is just the sort of the natural progression of what I was doing with the TV shows. And these are all those women when their lives fall apart. So it's oh, a show wow. about ageism, racism, sexism, and smashing the patriarchy. And it's called bitter. And well, when I said, I want to do a show about all this stuff, and I'm going to call it bitter. My manager went, that's exactly what you should call it. Like, he didn't even fight me on it. He was like, yes. Um, and so every time I shared it with people, they were like, oh, my God. And and it's just, you know, a, a very much a reflection of what my life was. Two ex-husbands, first one a lovely Jewish guy who turned out to be gay, because it happens. And the second one's a cheater, which is not technically a religion, but he practiced it like it was. <laughs> so, um, so, uh... so that's... So that's a show, but it's it's much more about sort of the girlfriend's relationship and about the workplace because I always think that's so important. And the workplace was where I peopled it with 
everyone that I just loved working with, like Frances Fisher and these two young actresses from um, the Thundermans, Kira Kosarin and Audrey Whitby, who are just delightful hysterical millennials. Frances Fisher plays the boss, and Tara Carsian, who plays her number one, her assist, her like lawyer, and it, it was the most fun. It should have been illegal how much fun it was. It we was did. just fantastic. Time. Well, I can't think of a better segue into our next segment than the word bitter because we're going to talk about politics next. Okay, and we're back, and uh, we were talking about bread, and now I'm hungry. Um, but speaking of bread, I don't know. I that was the worst transition because there is nothing. I, we weren't speaking of yeast. Speaking of yeast, there we go. Speaking of yeast, Donald Trump gives me an itch. <laughs> Do you like well, that? You, um, yeah. Wait. So for years you had your own talk show on KFI, which is the Los like, Angeles radio station, and um, yeah, well known. That was, yes, and that was that was very political, wasn't it? It was extremely political. KFI was known. You know what's so weird is I had no idea. I, I was a big talk radio fan as a kid because my mother always listened to it. During the Republican primaries, I did, uh, I think I called it Republican Idol, and I played like the music <laughs> from American Idol. And I would just, I, I came up with a theme song for Newt Gingrich to the tune of Shaft because he kept like having wives that he would leave when they were on their deathbed. So I would talk about him like, oh my pimp. God. Oh I mean, God. I would just. It was more like comedy about politics. But the right. interesting thing was, I had no idea that it had a reputation for being a conservative station yes. until oh, I found wow. out that, yeah, that they had cut, they kicked Rush Limbaugh off after I was there about a year. And I didn't know he was on the station. Then I found wow. out because he was never there. It was syndicated and I didn't listen during the day. Right. So then people would come up to me and say like, I'm such a fan of what you do. Like, I didn't, I, I'm afraid to tell people I listen to that station. And I'm like, why? Like, I was an idiot. Right. But, the, but people would assume a lot of things because I was a woman. They're like, well, just because you voted for that socialist. And I'm like, what do you, who? They're like, Obama. I'm like, oh, for God's sakes. Okay, first of all, I have a Hillary bumper sticker on my, on my Land Rover. I, you know, I'm, I'm like, let's not get it twisted. But... People make a lot of assumptions about what you believe just because you're this person. And right. I always said I vote about for issues, not for party, and always have, even when I was a kid. And I hated Nixon because, you know, my family paid attention. If there were things that I thought we needed to be tougher on, like certain crime things, I would be very vocal about that. So I think I've always been that. And even just before this recent election, I was registered as an independent. I've been marching for the ERA since I was five. Right. I've been marching. I've been opening my big fat mouth when it was, did not make you popular. You, you don't risk a lot saying you're a feminist. When I said I was a feminist, the year that Ms. Magazine came out and I used my allowance money to get a subscription, it cost me something to stand up in my school and say I was a feminist. Boys were like, why do you hate boys? Why do you want to use the boys' bathroom? Why are you a D-word? Like, right. this is, you were tortured 
in those days to, for saying these things. Now I think they've lost the understanding of, A, what it even means, because they're willing to throw away having a judge that isn't going to unwind their reproductive rights on the Supreme right. Court because right. one woman made an accusation about a dude. I'm like, he could I, – I, you guys are ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous. I remember the day my daughter got her tax bill and opened but, it up. This is my daughter who works with um, autistic kids, right? She does behavioral therapy. Went to an incredibly great school. She got a scholarship because she's a genius. She works hard. But she got her bill. You know, she saw how much they took out. And she went, are you kidding? And I went, yeah, you still want to back Bernie? Still think that's a good idea? Less, less of a good idea now, huh? And, and she, you know, that's what kind of brings it home. Now, I will say yeah. this. I used to be much more... I think that for the for the middle of the country voters, the Republicans who could go either way, who aren't hardliners because they're one issue abortion voters, because they're lost. Forget them. Right. The people that are WWGJW whatever weirdos, the the uh, QAnon creeps. Right. They're they're gone. But the right. people that are reasonable, I just want a lower tax bill. Are watching the unchecked spending by their party, which is has the word conservative next to it, which now right. does not apply. Right. <laughs> and they're going, okay, what exactly were we spending our money on? Because it wasn't on pandemic response. Well, I was going to say, it wasn't right. on fucking face masks. Right. <laughs> yeah. so, so I think that the, 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 if you're going to get them, you go, you, you need to err on the side of centrism because those people will balk at somebody who flat out says, I'm a democratic socialist. And right. kids, by the very nature of being, and I call them kids, and I'm not being dismissive. Listen, I'm the last person to be dismissive of politically active young people. I was, I was the youngest precinct captain in the history of this country. Wow. Yo the youngest one. And I do not dismiss somebody being aware and acknowledging what's going on in the world and being passionate great. about it. Yeah, it's great. But you also have to win. Be yeah. Nancy Pelosi. Be, be a vote counter. Yeah. Figure out how you're going to. If somebody else is gerrymandering, you've got to figure out how. And they're, by the way, targeting those swing states, which the yeah. Russians did. Right. They, you could get more votes. Hillary got more votes. They targeted the swing states that were in those gerrymandered areas. So yeah. they're going to continue to do that. I'm sorry, I went off, didn't I? They're going to no, continue... No, to do that this time, and if the person that we have in there, just because young people are saying this is the only answer, well, it's, it's going to be the answer that gets you to lose. Now, let me ask you a question. You spoke at the Women's March last year. You, um, you obviously think that women are cool. <laughs> I'm, I'm a bit of a, I, I am a, bit of a uh, feminist, yes. Um, that was that you actually <laughs> talked about what my question was going to be, which is is are are you uh, how do you feel about the whole Biden thing and and uh, Miss Tara Reid and and well, if I mean I did and I did talk about it and I mean this is how I feel. First of all, there there are presidents that I would take right now in a heartbeat, even though 
even given some of what's happened and even though the times have changed, I would take Bill Clinton over the president we have in the White House all day long and twice on Sunday. Because right. there are mm-hmm. some people that know how to govern. And I will take the for every single president we've had, maybe with the exception of Jimmy Carter, I actually did this in my in my head at some point that there were I think four, three, maybe three in the history of our presidents who didn't cheat. Because along with being president I'm not saying that's the same as sexual assault, but along with being president a lot of times you are very charismatic and I this couple of times I met Bill Clinton I was like, holy crap, what, how's he, what are his eyes doing? Why are my panties falling off? <laughs> right. like, oh, I was like, sure. when you meet Warren yeah. Beatty, it's incredible. He has that thing. Yeah. But yeah. I, I, think, I think with Biden, it is either wholly made up out, out of uh, the things that she had posted before, like, it's not time yet, wait for it. Uh, you know, it's not time. I'll I'll drop it later because she was a big Biden, uh, uh, Bernie supporter. Makes me feel like yeah. this is absolutely was a planned, and and she was writing love letters to Putin all over the yeah. place, like yeah. crazy, insane person love letters about how he seduces women and animals love him and <laughs> like like a crazy person. So yeah. that makes me think that there that she has an agenda. The agenda is to take down Biden at a time when he was the only um, person, and that there is there's at the very least a lot of crazy going on there. And I've, by the way, this is coming from a person who is a multiple times sexual abuse and rape survivor. So I am not discounting someone who truly lives through. Uh, horrible incidents. I yeah. don't think she got fingered in the in in the Capitol a hallway, through right. in a through her pantyhose in right. April in D.C. Somebody's like, it's hot. No, it's not. Not in April. It's beautiful. I'm I'm from there. It's horrifying. Once it hits July in April, it is not. And in the 90s, you wore pantyhose every day. Right. On on my show, I remember when I was watching people on TV. If they didn't have hose on. In 93, 94, I'd be like, what is it? Nobody would do it. No, right. You went on TV, when, especially in Washington. In Washington, women going to work in political jobs wore a very certain – men wore blue or gray suits or black suits, and women wore very specific clothes. It's, not, it's a very buttoned-up town. So yeah. I, I just think it's – I think it's bullshit. I'm going to say it. I think it is. And now all these people are going, oh, so all of a sudden you people don't believe women? No, I don't believe that woman. I don't believe that. Oh, and are we believing all women all of a sudden Republicans? Trot out the 27 that accused Trump. I want to hear them every single day, every day, have them on every show. I actually tweeted to MSNBC. I'm like, I am turning you off until you have, oh, Chris Hayes, you want to get all mouthy because you're a big Bernie bro? I will turn you off until you have every single Trump accuser on every single day. How dare I mean, you? What, I mean, here's the thing. What do they think is going ha- is to happen that in the next two months, which, by the way, there'll be no campaigning, uh, suddenly the party is going to go, let's take Bernie instead. That's not going to happen. <laughs> Biden, Biden's the nominee. I mean, it's like a ridiculous notion, right? Um, no, I'd rather, if we're going to do that, let's just, let's just pick Cuomo. Let's just go to Andrew oh. Cuomo. Right. Oh my God, I'm in love. Just go straight straight to the source. Well, this has been 
so much fun. I am so uh, excited <laughs> to have got to semi-meet you on the phone. Um, I'm so sorry I, that I went like lost my mind on the politics stuff. I no. forgot to be. I no, forgot to be entertaining. No, <laughs> stop. Wonderful. That, you know why this show was started, Lisa? Because Johnny and I were tired of people saying that actors shouldn't, you know, have a voice politically. And you know what I like say that. when people say that? By the way, this is what mm -hmm. I say. First of all, when, like, everything started to shit the bed, because I have nothing but doctors in my family, and they're mostly in New York. My sister's in Florida where the crazy people live. But right. everybody else is um, in, the, like, New York, New Jersey area. And I started making masks for them. And like pulling apart my filters from downstairs to make to put filters in them, and I made a video for that, and then I did another video to how to make homemade hand sanitizer, how to make your own like aloe from aloe outside and make your own sanitizer and stuff like that. And I was, you know, I made them entertaining, but I was pissed that we had to do it. And all I ever heard from people was, "What do you celebrities know? And your mansions and your this and that." And I'm like, do these assholes know that most people that they think they're talking to are middle class, if that, mm -hmm. struggling right. just like everybody else. If, if entertainment goes down, it's also Teamsters and other drivers, union workers, people that build sets, people that haul stuff. That's who doesn't work. So they right. dismiss an entire industry of people who are just trying to feed their kids just like they do because they think that we're, what, dumb? Because most of the people in our profession are better educated, read more, stay more on top, and we have empathy because we're in a field where we have always worked with each other and we're like family. Casts are right. like families. Right. So when a lot of us come from broken pasts, so we, yeah. we know how to feel, feel for people. So when people go online and say, actors should just shut up and entertain us, I always come back and I say, and what do you do, fellow patriots? Are you a plumber? Mm -hmm. Because what if they said plumbers should keep their mouth shut and just fix my toilet? Mm -hmm. Right. Then it, why should Dennis say anything about politics? Why, mm -hmm. why does a, you know, anything that you can think of, why does a teacher have a say? Well, right. Because any profession, it doesn't dictate you getting to say what you think. That's what, we all pay taxes. That's what I yeah. like Girl, to say. Girl, thank you. So, Amen and to the that. The minute that changes, I'll be the first. Lisa, you are wonderful, and we are going to put uh, the link for the trailer for Bitter. I uh, better be in the trailer. Am I not in the trailer? Wait, what? I, uh, I think you are. Okay, well then. So we're definitely so. putting. You know um, what? I will tell you this. If, it, if you're not in the trailer, we get the show made, and you're in the show. Even See? better. See how that worked out, Johnny. You're in the show too. I. I <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's in the show. Yeah, everybody's yeah. in the show. Honey, I cannot thank you enough for coming on here, and I hope that you will you will join us again, maybe when we get closer to actually having some kind of, I don't know, uh, presidency that we will be happily happy to talk about. Let's um, all just pray. Let's just pray. Let's all just uh, pray. But yeah. um, thank you. Thank you for doing this. And uh, I love and adore you. And uh, Johnny, do you love and adore her? I love and adore you. I can't wait to meet you. I love you both. And I'm glad you're doing this. And I'm glad that you are um, getting people's feelings out there. Because uh, certainly it's clear that there's a lot of feelings right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, rage is my is my biggest one. 
obviously. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, you've you've made us laugh, and that's 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 terrific. And thank you. I'm sorry, she's so shy. <laughs> Awful. She is a shrinking violet. Oh, she's delightful. So fun. Yeah. I wish yeah. you'd been in the studio with us. We would have had a, a good a good couple of cocktails, I think. Uh we would have. Um yeah, she is um I the the first time that I had listened to her show, I was I was like, I didn't know Lisa was this political. But mm. in a fun way. But she in really a fun made way. points. Yeah. She yeah. made points and I think that that's um, that's my favorite kind of thing when someone can make me laugh and make me think at the same time. That's kind yeah. of, yeah. And, and I, I'm so glad that she was on. All right, honey, let's, let's, uh, let's, let, let the folks go to work. Um, I love you and I will, uh, Oh, wait, wait, I need to stop you. There's no work. You're working from uh, home. Well, that's oh. Right. oh, but um, if you are at home listening to our podcast, please make sure what you they do what? They should well, rate, the, the review, thing, and subscribe. Yeah. Um, that's super important, and it makes us feel super popular and super good about ourselves. And isn't that, yeah. that – wouldn't that feel good to know that you've made us feel that way? It mm. would make me feel good. Mm. It would make me feel good, too. And so, Johnny, is there anything that you want to say to me right now? See you next Tuesday, Carol. You are good. And it never gets old. I know. Bye. Bye.